to the audio DT with Rebti, the audio Devartoro with Rebti, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons, lessons to keep. Sometimes we do it as mini talks, sometimes as regular talks, sometimes as bursts, but always trying to bring some practical lessons from the Parsha of the week. We're looking at Tazriya Mitzoram. And I've talked about this in the past, in previous seasons, we come around to this topic often, at least once a year, if not more. How about we watch your mouth? How about we watch our mouths? In Tazriya Mitzorah, it literally comes up in the middle of the Parsha, the idea of Lashon Hara, the idea of Tzaras, which usually comes about because of Lashon Hara. We're going to look at some sources, thanks to Chabad.org. We're going to look at a beautiful story from Chabad.org. Hopefully we'll bring it home, trying to bring the message that we need to stop the Lashon Hara, the Motzi. We need to stop the rachilas, stop the evil talk, stop the gossip, stop the slander, and instead use your mouth for good. Use your mouth for lashan tov, not lashan hara. In every generation, the Talmud teaches us the base of is not rebuilt. It's as if it was destroyed again in our generation, which means there's still a lot of lashan hara. And the way to fix it, the commentators, the sages, I think even the Chavetz Chaim might say, is through using Lashan Tov and Ahavat Chinam, doing good for others. We'll touch more about this in a bit, but that's the general gist of what we're trying to explain, what we're trying to say. Right, at, right in, the, in the beginning of the Parsha, and again, the sources are from Chabad, talking about watching your mouth, watch your mouth, in Tazriya Mitzoram, right away in Perigid Gimel Pasuk Ben, it says, a person to whom shall occur in the skin of his flesh the plague of Tsaras. The question is, what is Tsaras? Tsaras is very loosely defined as leprosy, but that's a very wrong translation because it is not a physical condition. You don't go to a doctor for tsaras. It's a spiritual condition. You go to a Kohen for tsaras. He has to analyze. He has to tell you what to do. Something's wrong spiritually. An avera, a sin being done. So what is this saras? The Medrash Rabbah, the Talmud Rashi pick up and say, the plague of saras comes only as a punishment for Lashon Hara, for evil talk. The Talmud and Erechen points out, why is the Mitzorah different from all other ritually impure persons in that the Torah said he shall dwell alone? Outside the camp shall his habitation be? Because the Talmud points out, with his gossip and slander, he separated a husband from his wife. He separated a man from his neighbor. He therefore said the Torah, he shall dwell alone. Who? Levad. He will be alone. Evil talk really destroys a lot of people. There are many sources upon this. And Chavetz Chaim has a whole book on this, Lashon Haram, and he has a daily companion. It was one of his life's work to have different svarim dealing with Lashon Hara, dealing with Rechilis. He also has beautiful other svarim on the Torah and on Avas Chesed. But a major, major thing he worked on was Sefer Shemir Salashon, how to work on it. We have to avoid the gossip, avoid the slander. We destroy many people. The person who speaks it destroys the person being spoken about. The person who listens also is being destroyed in the process. Three people affected the speaker, the one spoken about, and the one listening. Avoid it at all costs. There's so many prohibitions involved in Lashonara. There's like 17 negative prohibitions I think the Chavis Chaim talks about. Not a good thing to do. We should really do what we can to avoid it. The Medrash Rabba points out that the psalmists compare slanderous talk to sharp arrows of the warrior, coals of brooms, all other weapons smite from close quarters, while the arrow smites from the distance. So it is with slander. 
and is spoken in Rome and kills in Syria. All other coals, when extinguished, are extinguished without and within, but coals of brooms are still burning within when they are extinguished without. So it is with words of slander. Even after it seems that their effects have been put out, they continue to smolder within those who heard them. It once happened that a broom tree was set on fire and it burned 18 months. Winter, summer, and winter. When you speak a word, you can never take it back. I just saw a wonderful quote today from Aish. Aish says, in their daily emails, I get their weekly emails, and they and they said that a Jewish proverb explains, a bird that you set free may be caught again, but a word that escapes your lips will not return. Again, a bird that you set free may be caught again, but a word that escapes your lips will not return. You got to watch your mouth. Watch what you say, watch what you tell people, and watch what exits your mouth. You're never going to be able to take it back, and we're going to look at a, a story in a minute about that. So remember that the words can be slandering, the words can be burning in embers. There's people's ears ringing in their ears even after you talk about it. It's still there, can still hurt, and can still damage. Six and stones may break my bones, will never, words will never hurt me is not a true statement. Words can hurt, words do hurt, words do penetrate, words do damage and do destroy Midrash Tehillim points out that evil talk is like an arrow. A person who unsheaths a sword can regret his intention and return it to its sheath, but the arrow cannot be retrieved. The arrow can never be retrieved. you got to be careful with what the arrows say. The Alkut Shimoni points out to what may the tongue be compared to a dog tied with an iron chain, locked in a room within a room within a room. Yet when he barks, the entire populace is terrified of him. Imagine if you were loose outside, so to the tongue. It is secured behind the teeth, behind the lips, yet it does no end of damage. Imagine if it were outside. That's why I think the commentators made the Chavz Chaim. Someone points out that the mouth is the only thing that has three protections from words. You have your tongue, you have your your teeth, and you have your lips, all to try to prevent you three times from speaking evil, from talking Lushan Har, from talking derogatorily or damaging about another person, even if it's true, especially if it's true, it doesn't matter. But what I said is true, I would say it right in front of him. Still not good, still not things that we should be saying. And the Talmud and Erechen points out what we said before, evil talk kills three people, the speaker, the listener, and the one who is spoken of. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe points out that the speaker obviously commits a grave sin by speaking negatively of his fellow. The listener, too, is a partner to this evil. But why is the one who is spoken of affected by their deed? Are his negative traits worsened by the fact that they are spoken of? The answer is, indeed they are. A person may possess an evil trait or tendency, but his quintessential goodness, intrinsic to every soul, strives to control it, to conquer it, ultimately eradicate its negative expressions and redirect it as a positive force. But when this evil is spoken of, it is made that much more manifest and real. By speaking negatively of the person's trait or deed, the evil speakers are in effect defining it as such. With their words, they grant substance and validity to it. But the same applies in the reverse, speaking favorably of another, lush and tov, accentuating his or her positive side, will help him realize himself in the manner that you have defined him. And this comes from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. 
A man once came to see Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak of Lubavitch and proceeded to portray himself as a villain of the worst sort. After describing at length his moral and spiritual deficiencies, he begged the Rebbe to help him overcome his evil character. Surely, said the Rebbe, you know how grave is the sin of Lashon Hara, speaking evilly of a human being. Nowhere to my knowledge does it say that it is permissible to speak Lashon Hara about oneself. You can't speak evil about others. You can't speak disparagingly of others. You can't speak evil or disparaging above yourself about yourself either. As pointed out by Chabad and Arya Citron, according to the Talmud, it was the slander of the Jews by Jews that actually brought about the temp- destruction of the Second Temple. And that that is also what is pointed out in Gittin, that whole terrible story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, the guy who invited the wrong guy to the party, and, and he begged the host, who was Kamsa, I think, to let him stay, I'll, I'll pay for the half the party, I'll pay for the whole party, I'll pay for my place, whatever, and he threw him out on his feet, and he was furious that the sages didn't stand up, then he took out his revenge, and he, he, he ratted them to the Romans, he did a trick where he said, split their carbon in a way that wouldn't be division for you, but for the Jewish people, and eventually led to the destruction of the base of Migdash. So he slandered the Jewish people, and it was destructive, negatively far-reaching, terrible consequences as well. Yeshshame.com points out that Chavitz Chaim says, If we analyze our sins, there's only one that could be so powerful as to cause Hashem not to redeem his beloved children, the sin of Lashon Hara. It is simple logic. If Lashon Hara and the sin of Shinam which it caused had the negative spiritual power to destroy the Beis HaMikdash, Certainly, it has the power to prevent the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. The message of the statement is incredible. The Beis HaMikdash has not been rebuilt. The Shekhinah is not in our midst because of the forbidden speech which we utter. In every generation that the Temple is not rebuilt, it is as if it was destroyed again, probably because of Lashon Hara. Maybe it could be rebuilt because of a lack of Lashon Hara or for Lashon Tov. Use your words wisely. Use your mouth wisely. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what comes out and can affect other people. God forbid for the negative. We have to make sure what we say is only for the good. Listen to this story from Chabad, from Shoshana Brambach, a very famous parable. In a small town somewhere in Eastern Europe lived a nice man with a nasty problem. He talked too much about other people. He could not help himself. Whenever he heard a story about someone he knew and sometimes about someone he did not know, he just had to tell it to his friends. Since he was in business, he had quite alert of rumors and stories. He loved the attention he got and was delighted when they laughed because of the way he told his anecdotes, which he sometimes embellished with little details he invented to make them funnier or juicier. Other than that, he really was a pleasant, good-hearted man. He kind of knew it was wrong, but it was too tempting. In any case, most of what he told had really happened, didn't it? Many of his stories were just innocent and entertaining, weren't they? One day, he found out something really weird but true about another businessman in town. Of course, he felt compelled to share what he knew with his colleagues who told it to their friends, told it to people they knew, told it to their wives who spoke with their friends and their neighbors. It went around town until the unhappy businessman, who was the main character in the story, heard it. He ran to the rabbi of the town and wailed and complained that he was ruined. He was ruined by just a few words. His good name, his good reputation was destroyed. Nobody would like to deal with him after this. His good name and his reputation were gone with the wind. Now this rabbi knew his customers, so to speak, and he decided to summon the man who loved to tell stories. If he was not the one who started them, he might at least know who did.
When the nice man with the nasty problem heard from the rabbi how devastated his colleague was, he truly felt sorry. He honestly had not considered it such a big deal to tell the story because it was true. The rabbi could check it out if he wanted. The rabbi sighed. True. Not true. That really makes no difference. You just cannot tell stories about people. This is all Lashon Hara slander. And it's like murder. You kill a person's reputation. He said a lot more. The man who started the rumor now felt really bad and sorry. What can I do to make it undone? He sobbed. I will do anything you say. The rabbi looked at him. He said, do you have any feather pillows in your house? He said, Rabbi, I'm not poor. I have a whole bunch of them. But what do you want me to do, sell them? No, the rabbi said, just bring me one. The man was mystified, but he returned a bit later to the rabbi's study with a nice fluffy pillow under his arm. The rabbi opened the window and handed him a knife. Cut it open, he said. But Rabbi, here in your study, it will make a mess. Do as I say, and the man cut the pillow. A cloud of feathers came out. They landed on the chairs, on the bookcase, on the clock, and the cat, which jumped after them. They floated over the table and into the teacups, and on the rabbi and on the man with the knife, and a lot of them flew out the window, and a big swirling, whirling trail. The rabbi waited ten minutes. Then he ordered the man, now bring me back all the feathers. Stuff them back in your pillow. All of them, mind you. Not one may be missing. The, rabbi, the man stared at the rabbi in disbelief. That is impossible, Rabbi. The ones here in the in the room I might get, most of them, but the ones that flew out the window are gone. Rabbi, I can't do that. You know it. Yes, said the rabbi, and nodded gravely. That's how it is. Once a rumor, a gossipy story, a secret leaves your mouth, you do not know where it ends up. It flies on the wings of the wind. You can never get it back. He ordered the man to deeply apologize to the person about whom he had spread the rumor. That is difficult and painful, but it was the least he could do. He ordered him to apologize to the people to whom he had told the story, making them accomplices in the nasty Lashon Hara game. He ordered him to diligently study the laws concerning Lashon Hara every day for a year and then come back to him. That is what the man did. Not only did he study about Lashon Hara, he talked about the importance of guarding your tongue to all his friends and colleagues, and in the end, he became a nice man who overcame a nasty problem. Lashon Hara, evil speech, evil talk, slander, rachilas, motzishimra, destroying a person is a nasty problem. It's a big problem, and so much a big problem that the entire Beis HaMikdash was not rebuilt because of it in our generation. It destroys everyone involved, the person who speaks, the person who hears, the person who it is about. It really destroys relationships between a man and a wife, between a friend and a colleague, between a person and his neighbor. It destroys everyone around. It hurts everyone around. It really is a nasty problem. The solution is to watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what is depicted to others. Watch what comes out of your mouth. If you speak good things, you can never lose by speaking good about others. You can never lose by judging favorably, thinking favorably, speaking favorably. Of course, we don't want to flatter people up, up and up to the utmost, so to a crazy degree. But speaking good, thinking good, can only do wonders. It will lead to more ahavat chinam amongst us. It will lead to more wonderfulness amongst us. How much better would the world be if there would be just much more lashon tov instead of lashon hara? How much better would it be? There wouldn't be the coals burning within 
of all the slander, all the gossip. It wouldn't destroy relationships. And we wouldn't need this idea of tzaras, which is a spiritual malady, not a physical condition of leprosy. We wouldn't have to worry about the arrows that are unsheathed from the swords and not able to be retrieved. We wouldn't have to worry about these pillows, these feathers that are not able to be retrieved. We wouldn't have to worry that it's an iron chain and suffering and damaging people when it's let loose. We wouldn't have to worry about the people that are killed from it. We wouldn't have to worry about the, the many, many sins that are done when speaking negatively. We wouldn't have to worry about these evil traits. We would get rid of it. We would come to the goodness, the intrinsic goodness of every single person, and we could bring only goodness to the world. Speaking favorably, thinking favorably, using lush and tov, speaking good not just about others but about yourself really can make the world better. If we could avoid slander and do good things, we could avoid evil talk and do good things, we could really bring the Mashiach and this base and make just speed in our days. May it be today. This has been the Audio DT with Reb T, and I'm your host, Reb T.